zero 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 two. Why is it zero 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 two? Because there's going to be thousands of them. Yeah. Kate is joining me live from Tennessee. What is what, what time is it there, James? Tell me, because that's part of the reason we're like all the times wrong. <laughs> it is four sixteen a.m. here in Tennessee. I am. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see, brother, who puts in the work. Now, Jay has recently debuted his novel, Legacy, Ion book series, which you have one right there. I have mine right here as well. I believe I'm not sure. Was I, was I the first person in Australia to have one? I don't know. Uh, according, according to my sales report, I think you are the first one in Australia to have one. Awesome. And it's exclusive, and you told me that you put extra special good smell in there for all Aussie I folks. I did. It's a good smelling book. I always find that's something people overlook, but it's important to have a book that not only reads well, but smells well. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So tell me, Jay, where did the idea first come from for the book? Well, Honestly, my family have been the biggest muses for like my inspiration of creating this particular book. Uh, I just figured I wanted something that my kids could see themselves in as good complex characters. And that's essentially where the idea came from. Uh, in its infancy, it was a completely different story. And over time, you know how things are, you create one thing and it transforms into something different. But the initial idea, was spawned from my family. And of course, like growing up, like I loved comic books and superheroes and all that kind of stuff. So all that yeah. is, like, influenced the book. I feel that when I read the book. You must, you must have, I just thought, yeah. I mean, I know, I know you anyway, right? But there's no way you could write a book like this without loving comic books, superheroes. Because there's a lot of that in there, right? There's a lot of it stuff is inspired from that. And then how did you take from the idea that you had and that you wanted to bring forth into actually getting it out there? Uh, well, um, I think I heard uh, Stephen King in a lecture once. Or not, I think, I did hear him once in a lecture. And he made the comment, the first time you tell a story, you're telling it to yourself. And then the more you share the story, the more you're chipping away and polishing it and refining it to give it out to the masses. And that's just one of the things that I took when I first started make, writing the book. I had to do a lot of different researches because I had no clue where to start. Uh, the first question I had asked myself, was I going to do self-publishing or traditional? And once I answered that for myself, I self-published my book that answered questions but brought a lot of other questions so i had to do a lot of research was i going to go with amazon was i going to go with some other retailers so a lot of questions and answers and i hope that answered your question yeah yeah absolutely did and i know that uh, from from what you said that amazon was pretty pretty helpful in making it happen for you right whereby can they have a service that actually prints the book for you is that right you just send them yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Amazon has a um, print on demand option. So I can't even lie to you. Uh, Amazon makes it really, really easy for people to publish books on their platform. 
that's an, one of the reasons why I particularly went with him. Uh, the margins were also lovely, <laughs> if I might say so. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where Amazon, for me, seemed to be a win-win scenario. Um, mm. The platform was easy. The They have tutorials. It was just a very easy platform to use. And that's why I stuck with them. A little, there was yeah. some challenges, but for the most part, it, it was roughly easy. Well, that's a perfect segue because the next time I was going to ask you what's been your really your biggest challenge with this. You know, was there any time when you thought, oh, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do this? Uh, well, um, my biggest challenge probably easily my own self discipline. I think that was my biggest challenge. Um, I, a lot of my background is having people telling me what to do and just me executing. And funny enough, when I left my corporate or before I left my corporate job, my boss, one of her biggest complaints about me was I didn't have time management, which was weird for me because again, I always heard people giving me accolades and telling me what to do, how to do. And I was just getting the job done, not really thinking about it. And then once I left that job and had to do things on my own and be my own self-manager, I realized she wasn't too far off the mark. I had a lot of issues I had to deal with. So self-discipline, I had to learn how to make myself get to work, do what I needed to do. And that was a challenge. Uh, I'm still learning how to master that, but it's getting better day by day, week by week, year by year, definitely. Well, I'm absolutely with you, man. When you figure it out, let me know, send me some hot tips because <laughs> I have the same issue. And it's interesting what you say about, you know, you you lost the pertains and she didn't think your time management was enough. And it's like a, a good friend of ours, Brown, says you can't see the label when you're in the box, right? and it, you have to remove yourself sometimes from where you are and then be able to see it with those outside eyes looking in and think, it was hard to accept it at the time, but there was some truth in it. Oh, yeah, by far. I, I remember there were times where she would say that, and it would literally make me mad. And, I mean, I would say it to myself because it's my boss, but it would make me so mad. I'm like, how can you tell me this? I've never heard this before. Like, who does she think she is? She don't know anything. Well, I mean, there's a reason why she was my boss, you know? So it's just one of those things that, Sometimes, even if it's not the nicest critique or the nicest way someone could say something to you, there might be some truth to it. Maybe mm -hmm. a little bit. A little bit, true. Now, what's been um, what's been like the, the biggest the biggest win for you? The the biggest time when you thought I've done it. I've, I've, you when you knew that it was the right thing to do. Oh. Uh, when I knew it was the right time thing, the right thing to do, uh, honestly, I think when so many people inadvertently were telling me it wasn't the right thing to do, um, for about five or six years now, I've been on a self-journey. Like I've been reading a lot of self-help books, spending a lot of time by myself, meditating, all that kind of thing. So I had to figure out what was making me happy and who I was. Uh, 
And one of the things that I've learned in, in my personal walk is that a lot of times when you are meeting opposition, it's because you're going the right way. Um, one of my favorite quotes are, is when you play a video game and you meet the bad guy or you meet an enemy, that means you're going the right way. Like if you're going and you're not meeting anything, something's happening or it seems nothing's happening. So I've always taken that to heart. And when I was writing this book, no one ever told me that I shouldn't write the book. But when I was going to share it, like, oh, can you read this? Or what do you think about this? I would just get glazed over eyes or <laughs> people would be like, well, that's that makes no sense. And I just had to learn how to have the blinders on and just stay focused to what my vision was. And I think that is one of the things that really helped me stay focused and let me know that I was on the right path, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, right. Keep the, keep, keep the blinders on. And that's a great analogy of the video game thing, right? You right. progress through the levels of life and obstacles and challenges come your way and you either bend and fold and turn the, turn the game off, which for a person like you isn't the option, or you, you beat the boss, beat the enemy, get through it, and, and then you grow, right? Exactly, exactly. Thank God you did, otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't have this book right here. <laughs> how, how, long did it, how long did it take? Sorry, how long did it take you from having the idea to having the book physically in your hand? Uh, roughly, almost four years. Yeah. So, in the grand scheme of things, um, when I say that number, I know a lot of people are like, "Wow, four years." But they went by just like that. Uh, while I was going through it, no. I, I remember there were days where I was writing and I was like, man, I can't wait till I'm finished. Or there were times where um, I would be editing and I would be so sick of editing. I'm waiting on proofs to come in and just the wait, the wait, the wait. And I was just getting tired of it. But excuse me. Um, it's just, again, like, it's funny how when you have a dream and you have a vision, you often think like someone trying to go back to school. Oh, well, if I go back to school, that's four more years. And if, if I go, I, I'll, I'm 38, I'm 38 now. When I finish, I'll be 42. Well, whether you go or don't, you're still going to be 42 in four years. So what, what position do you want to be in? And that's kind of how I have to look at this book. Yeah, the time yours. The time's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. It's just whether you do something with it or you don't. You take action or you don't. Right, exactly. Was it was it on and off though? Were like were you you like really hard at it for a couple of months and then you pull back and then come back into it, or was it just consistent, steady work over the four years? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so there was a couple of things. Um, I would love to sit here and say. Yes, I was rigid. I was completely working the whole time. But honestly, no, I, I wasn't. There, there was some times where I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing. I, I wasn't writing like I should have been writing. Um, social media is a beast nowadays that I think most of us have to learn how to manage. And if not, just completely destroy and get it out of our lives. So um, that was a lot of an issue for me. And then the fact um, when you write a book, after you write 
either certain sections or just in its entirety, it's always wise to put it aside in a vault somewhere and don't touch it for anywhere from three weeks to three months to come back to it with fresh eyes and then do whatever else you need to do in the editing process. So uh, there's a lot of reasons why it took that long. Um, mostly, again, I own a lot of it. Uh, just I didn't have self-discipline when I first started it. So there was a lot of days where I had to learn to make myself write it. But once I figured that out, we have it now. So it's all good. We got it. Here it is, in the flesh. Exactly. Now, it's, it's, a, it's a good point, really, actually, because I was going to ask you, and I think you might, you might even just answer it there. If you were to do it again, and I, I suspect by the title of the book, a Scion book series, you know, it like, pertains to the fact that there's more than one in, in works, possibly. <laughs> we should be expecting a few of these, which is fantastic because, you know, like I said, we discussed this book before, before you were kind enough to send it to me. Um, and in fact, no, I ordered a copy. You didn't, you didn't send it to me. I ordered a copy, right? And I said, Yeah. <laughs> I've read kind of stuff like this before. A guy called Terry Pratchett, who I mentioned to, who's is kind of like sci-fi stuff, but this is obviously different because it's post-apocalyptic worlds and and has has a bit more fantasy in it. So it wouldn't be my typical kind of book, but um, I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. And it's nice to it's going to be nice to see where the, the journey goes from there and how it continues on. Yeah. Um... I don't know if I particularly have a writing style yet, but one of the things I'm, I've always been inspired by cinema and TV and stuff like that. Um, a lot of my background happens to be like theater. So anytime I picture something and when I write things, I try to tell it as if you're watching a movie. So when you're reading, I want you to read a movie or a TV show. And that's one of the biggest compliments and a lot of people are telling me that's what they're getting from when they read it. They can already see it on a movie screen, which would be awesome if that happens one day. But so I guess I need to start speaking that into existence. That will happen one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I think your question is, if if I had to change anything again um, in the creation of this book, I don't think I would change anything. Um, I, I'm, I think I'm just one of those people because if I change something then the book wouldn't be what it is now. And I'm proud and I love the way the book is now. Uh, moving forward for the next books, uh, without a doubt, yeah, uh, my self-discipline. Um, my plan is like, I usually wake up at 4.30. Um, I do my meditation, I get myself centered, and then I start writing. Mm -hmm. And I usually write for anywhere from two to three hours. Ooh, excuse me. And that's just what I do. And that's my formula now. And I don't do it every day, but more often than not, that's what I'm doing early in the mornings is writing before everyone wakes up, while the house is still quiet, nothing interrupt me. My phone is in a completely different part of the house. Yeah. 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 All distractions. Powerful way to start the day. Yeah. Just like I like to say, I do the same actually, keep the phone as much as I can, you know, like in the other room. So, because it's hard not to at least keep it on flight mode because. Like you say, social media is, is a beast to be either need to learn how to tame or just or just keep out your lives. You know, if your phone wakes you up and it's off flight mode, then, uh, particularly for me, I live in Australia, all my family lives in the UK, you just get a barrage of notifications and before you know it, you're going to, Julie's cousin's John's dog has just had 
a litter of kittens in, in Jamaica. And, you, and, you, and you're like, oh, well, I don't even have breakfast. And I've been here 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't even know. It's so easy to get distracted, isn't it? Without, you know, in letting it start on you before, before you've even got started on your day. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I'm sure I have countless stories of just like you said, you pick up your phone, there's one notification, you click on that notification, before you know it, you're down a rabbit hole and hours have gone by and you're just like, where did my go? Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's been, the, um, I think a lot of people probably watching can relate to battle too. I'm just going to say hi to Dan Lids, I can see you watching, right? Good to see you watching there. He's a friend from, he's over here in Melbourne. <laughs> nice. Now, what are your, what's something like your, you, you touched on it there, it'd be nice to make it a movie, and obviously there's more books coming. What's your, your, your goals and your aspirations for, for the book? So, yes, exactly. This is book one in a series. As of right now, I'm planning out for it to be three books. Who knows? I might get inspired to have more than that. But as of right now, I'm, I'm planning on this being a three book series. And once the series is complete, I also um, I'm also a script writer. So while I'm writing these, I'm also chipping away at scripts for each book. So in the future, I'll be able to pitch these to whoever and get an awesome movie deal and be the next J.K. Rowling or somebody else. Sounds awesome. I love it. Interesting that you chose. Three as well. I, I, I know it's like I always try and do things in threes, and a lot of people try and do things in threes. Was there a particular reason you chose three, or is that just how it worked out? Uh, I would like to say that I'm profound enough to <laughs> be able to say <laughs> yes, this is the reason why I chose threes. But I honestly think just because, like you said, like a lot of other things come in threes. Uh, I've already stated that I, I, I'm a cinema person. So a lot of my favorite things happen to be in trilogies. So those are threes. Um, some other book series that I read happen to be in threes. So it's just, I guess just the three was in, in my head and it just makes sense. Um, so three. Three was in my time, right? Exactly. Now, hey, you're you're an author now, but it took you a while to get there, right? You've done a lot of different things along the way. Mm -hmm. I know you've been in the military, you've been in the military, you've been a DJ. You you still do do acting as well, but you know, tell us a bit more about kind of how you how you got to where you are now uh, as an author, and and what were you doing right right before that? What, what before you decided, you know, this is me now. I'm going for this full time. So uh, right before this, I actually was a stay-at-home dad, which, I mean, I guess technically I am still a stay-at-home dad. I just happened to write as well. But <laughs> uh, I spent years trying to figure out who I was and what makes me happy. Uh, before that, I actually had somewhat of a mental breakdown at the corporate job that I had. It just wasn't me. It wasn't creative. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And I remember having the thought when I was there, everyone around me seemed so happy. Like I remember there was a supply lady who was in charge of ordering supplies and you would go to her and you could just simply say, Hey, can you make, can you order a box of pens? 
her face would light up and she would just be so passionate about ordering pins. And I remember having these thoughts like, why is everyone else like, because it, it wasn't my fit. It was, I've learned things from that position, but it just wasn't my fit. So uh, long story short, I just, after talking, speaking with my wife, uh, I left that position and me and my wife had a conversation because clearly I couldn't just stay home and do nothing. I had to figure something out. So me and her made a plan of, okay, in X amount of time, you have to be doing something, figure it out. So I spent a lot of time figuring out what made me happy, who I was, and all I could ever go back to was when I was a kid, what made me happy? And as a kid, I remember singing in front of the mirror, talking in front of the mirror, um, just having these creative ideas and stories. Uh, me and my brother would play in the yard and I was the, always the one coming up with, okay, this time oh, we're gonna be the Power Rangers and there's a huge monster over here and this is what we're gonna do and this is how we're gonna attack. And because that was me, like I was always the imaginative one. And once I figured that out, everything else started opening up because I'm a creative person. I love to entertain, whether it's just storytelling, talking to people or being on stage and writing my book. So it's just who I am. And nothing and fortunate enough to be able to figure that out because I know there are still a lot of people trying to figure out their purpose and their passion. But if I could give any advice, if you're even asking for advice, I would just simply say, what made you happy as a, as a kid? and start there. Might not necessarily be the answer, but it'll take you somewhere, I promise. Yeah, it's, that's a fantastic, and thanks for being so open and honest about about your journey there. You know, it's, it's a conversation that's not easy to have and open up about, but I think a lot of people appreciate it because mental health is, is something that's, you know, you, you, your, your physical health is something that's always very obvious and easy to talk about, right? Mental health isn't something that a lot of people talk about it. It's something a lot of people struggle with, particularly in this time that we're in now. You know, a lot of people are losing their jobs. A lot of people are, have lost friends or or family members and and loved ones. And it's you know, you gotta you gotta make the change and get out of the situation you're in. But and, and thank goodness you did. And and I know you're a, you're a good mental health now. And it's not a it's not a not an easy place to get to, but. Well, I'm, 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 I'm still a little crazy, but I think that helps me write the story. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you don't do the journey that uh, there's some background to this. Me and Jay have both embarked on a, a power, the power voice course recently. Yeah. We've embarked on public speaking, which is something we both really enjoy. And Jay's become a great friend of mine. We've been working on our material together for, for months now, put a lot of hours into it. And I think we can both agree that you don't embark on the journey of, public speaking unless you're a little bit crazy and out there right there's nothing like um saying to yourself i want to go speak and motivate people that i have no clue who they are i have no idea what they're going to say but i'm going to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm going to just take it on i don't care what they think of me uh i know not everyone's going to uh enjoy what i have to say but as long as i enjoy it and just one, I just, I, I like to think when I speak, if just one person, just one person that's listening. Yes. Hey, Emily. My partner, Emily, just jumped on. So, hey, thanks for joining. Um, if just one person 
Yes. Hear what I says, and it has any amount of impact on them, then I'm a very, very happy man, and I've, I've, I've succeeded in, in my mission. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think that's with any endeavor, endeavor or project that we happen to embark on, because if you can just impact that one person in a positive, healthy manner, that has just made the world a better place. Absolutely. Emily said there in the comments, celebrate your mind. It's the biggest muscle you have. Ah, I like that. I like that. I like that one. That's powerful. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's funny, actually. I'll be completely honest and open. I've just, just been to see my therapist today, actually. So I've been seeing him for many months, and he helps me. You know, we're all going through some stuff. There's always some stuff going on in the background, right? Um, he's, a, he's a great guy. He's really helped me through and um, gives me the inspiration. And I talk about it openly, you know. Going to see a therapist is something particularly men, you know, don't want to talk about and shy away from. But I like to think of it as the brain for your gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, brain. Sorry, <laughs> I got you. Like, if, if you had a bad leg, right, and mm-hmm. it was bad for maybe a week, two weeks, three mm-hmm. weeks, four weeks, you'd be you'd be going to the doctor, right, to go and see what was up and get it fixed. Right. The problems can manifest and be there in your mind for sometimes weeks, months, or years, and you, and you just don't do anything about them or or tr- try to you know improve on them in any way. You, which can often, I think, in the denial of that, lead to, you know, substance abuse or 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 harming yourself or harming others around you. It's it's a real dangerous place to be. So yeah, the the brain gym is a good way to kind of package it in that way and mm-hmm. and and just yeah. One piece of advice I'd give to anyone out there is if you if you're not feeling good about yourself within yourself just open up and have the conversation just to just to one person it's we actually have a thing in australia called are you okay day which was just this last thursday yesterday i think mm-hmm. and it just in in invokes people to have the conversation and just ask their friends are you okay because that's where where it starts from. yeah I wonder, if I, can, I wonder if i can try to get that started in america because that is cool um i know there there are different people trying to get mental health mental wellness to actually be more talked about and, and more well known, and for us to do things, because as you're saying, is it is definitely important, particularly to men, because men tend to bottle things up for so long for different reasons, and it's just something that we need to start talking about as a whole and as a culture, as a world. It's just mm. something that we need to do, and unfortunately, a lot of us don't yet. So mm. hopefully, that will change. Yeah, and I hope it does change. Actually. Uh, and people like me and you having this conversation can perhaps insight of changing others. A shocking fact is, a shocking statistic is that suicide is the biggest killer of men in Australia, you know. Forget the road toll, forget, you know, accidents in the workplace, stuff like that, they're all frequent. Suicide is the biggest killer of, of, I don't think it's all men, I think it's young men, I would have to check that fact to get it right, but it's it's a shocking statistic, right? And Mm -hmm. something that, I've seen talked about is you know the fourth wave of the coronavirus and and what is that how does it look it's 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 mental mental illness you know mental people's mental health deteriorating because we've been in these situations for so long now that we've never been in before we don't know how to deal with them and in many cases not equipped to to deal with them yeah it's it's saddening because i i don't know if you'll agree or not but i feel like a lot of us 
carry our jobs as if that is who we are. Uh, normally when you meet somebody, one of the first questions I'll ask you, so what do you do? Or who are you or what do you do? And it's just, we take that as if that's who we are and it's not. And now in this current day and age of Corona, so many people are losing what they feel is who they are. There's nothing, they don't know, their worlds are just crumbling or down around them because even um, when you're married to someone and you're, you go out and you go to work and you live your life. And then now you're stuck in a situation where neither of you can go anywhere for months, mm. really finding out who each other are. And you're learning how mm. to deal with your kids that you haven't been spending time with. You can't mm -hmm. go anywhere, can't do the things you normally do. It's, it's world changing. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people haven't been able to deal with that because as a society, we are trained to stay as one particular type of person. So, um, for example, um, everyone calls me Jay. Jay is not my legal name. So the people who know me from my past have a hard time of, as accepting me for who I am now. They still see me as who I used to be, and that's not who I am anymore. And even still, like, think about if someone, when they, like, you can meet someone two years ago, and they, they don't like tomatoes, right? But now that you meet them, they like tomatoes. You're still going under the perception that they don't like tomatoes, right? So it's just very weird. Which I hope that was a good analogy, like. But it was, it was, it was, a, it was a simple analogy, but it made the point well, right? It's and it's like I think it's easy to just get stuck where you are, right? Because it's easy, right? It's just the easy option. Just get stuck where you are and keep on plodding along. But you know. Growth is important, I think, and if you can't grow, then it, it pertains to you really not being able to be happy. And if you can't be happy, then kind of it, it leads me to think, why is there? You know, it's one thing you always want in your life is is happiness, and it's something we all strive for and mm. and try and try and really grasp. Mm. I've got some some comments here. Emily said, "There's a big change coming, and it'll be pushed out as a result of COVID." Society will have no choice but to focus and invest upon mental health. Exactly, totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And yeah, there's a lot of things, um, a lot of things happening. Actually, a little bit of initiative. I'll just give a little bit of initiative. I'm part of is um, Mission Rainwater, which is oh, yeah. you know, as you know, I'm a plumber. Some of the audience may not know. Guilty plumber. Well, I'm not actually. I just quit my job, but that's another story. Um, Mission Rainwater is essentially the the big bad bushfires that we get here in Australia every year wipes out a lot of people's homes um, but particularly what it wipes out is people's water supplies because they're either in plastic tanks or pipelines and and on part of an initiative that we we supply people with tanks and new water lines and give families that have, some of them have been living and showering with bottled water for 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 three four five six months some of them we we get new um, you know we send plumbers out there to install new tanks and new pipeworks and stuff like that. And there's a there's a big side to that as well, which is the the mental health side as well. I, I remember speaking to a guy that he he had actually stayed and and chose to fight the fires at his place himself. And he mm -hmm. told me a story of at one point he was completely surrounded by the fire and he actually had to hose him himself a path out so he could get out of it. Just some really wow. harrowing stories there, but. There's a there's a big big you know there's a big um, pot of money there to help these people from things like the Red Cross. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not always easy to get it 
flooded out and and fed to the right places but yeah th things like that are they're definitely happening i believe you know what emily said there absolutely right there's a shift there's a shift coming in the world and um i'm pleased as you are i reckon to be be a part of part of making it making it happen for sure now tell me something i was wondering that you know you pertain there to what you were like when you were a kid you know you were the you're the superhero you're the power ranger you're the one that always wanted to fight off the baddies made me think has it has any of that rubbed off on your kids you know are they reading the book and finding themselves in there <laughs> <laughs> so the book has become a big inside joke in my family <laughs> to be honest uh, we reference each other as the characters in the books a lot of times and uh funny enough um I'll do my best not to give any spoilers, but there's a part in the book where um, Naya is talking to her father, Zelani, and he tells her to be mindful of who she's speaking to because, you know, she's a, she's a young teenager, so she kind of, like, runs her mouth a little bit. And her her comeback to her father is, my father has taught me to speak my mind, regardless of who I'm speaking to. Ooh. And at that moment, he's like, well, yes, yes, he did, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. So my daughter has a habit of doing that to me now. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I remind her, she might be getting out of line. So there, there's other little things too. Um, my son, uh, to be honest, he has not read the book yet. And, um, but reading hasn't been his thing. Uh, he picks up books every so often, but this book he hasn't picked up yet. I have a feeling he will um, just because in the book, everybody, well, not everybody, most people in the book have what I call gifts or uh, abilities or powers and stuff like that. So he is dying to know what his gift is and no one in the house is wanting to tell him what his gift is. And I told him he has to read the book to find out what his gift is. So I have a feeling he'll be reading it before long, but. Awesome. Everybody. Awesome, I like the way you dropped a little gem in there for them all. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, I mean, I'll drop a link here in the in the chat where people can go and get the book. Oh, thank you so much, sir. No worries, no worries. In fact, it's already at the, it's on, this, on the screen right now. You can see it there right now. Nice. And also up here in the comments for everyone to go and see. And when this gets put into the podcast format, which it will, it'll go out on Spotify and go out on Instagram as, as stories and stuff, people will know where to go and buy. Nice, nice. Legacy by Jay Reese. I keep I'm being mirrored, so I keep going right instead of going left. I have to. I've always got my copy handy somewhere. So um... yeah, <laughs> looks great, man. Such a good-looking book as well. Oh, and anyone out there, if you purchase a book, please uh, hit me up at Instagram or Facebook, Finding Jay Reese, and just shoot me a picture, tag me in it. I, I love to see when people get the books, um, just because it just it just makes my heart flutter. To to be honest, and I reshare and shout out you. So thank you. I, I appreciate anyone out there who purchases a copy. Yeah, wonderful. And I've got my copy and um, I hope many other people get theirs and enjoy it. Thank you, sir. Ditto. Jay, it's been great having you on. Thank you so much for your time and your energy. I really appreciate you, brother.
Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me, man. You have been a source of inspiration and motivation for me, brother. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Likewise, likewise. Hey, and when the next one comes out, we're definitely having you back on to cover that as well. Yes, I have to make sure the next one you'll definitely be getting assigned. Well, actually, I'll be signing that copy whenever I get to Australia. And the next book, I promise you will be getting a signed copy sent personally from me. Awesome. As long as it's still got that good smell in it, I'll be a happy man. (laughs) Most certainly it will. Thanks so much, Jay. Have a great day. You're welcome. You too, my friend. Bye.